Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happily promoting the four F's. Freedom. Faith. Free markets. And fun. Mojo Five O. I have a dream. One day. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. Black men thinking. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Black men thinking. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Black men thinking. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Black men thinking, thinking, thinking. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, here on the vanguard of personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal responsibility, Mojo 50 Radio. Also, WDDQ, Talk 92.1 FM in Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC, Talk 107.5 North Florida Talk Radio, Freedom in America Radio.com, and WLBB, News Talk AM 1330 and FM 106.3 in Carrollton, Georgia. Very happy to be with you this evening. Day. So let's get started with this whistleblower foolishness. So what are, what are we talking about here? Back in July, I believe it was the 25th of July, Donald Trump had a conversation with the leader of the Ukraine. I think he was newly elected or appointed or however they select their leaders over there. Um, it was a call to obviously offer congratulations and to mention other things. He also talked about something that has been reported that duh, 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 
about Joe Biden and his son. But let's go back and figure this out. So why was there a whistleblower? Donald Trump didn't try to hide the conversation. So why is someone trying to out the conversations? That's a very good question in my mind. There's new information about a whistleblower claim that started a confrontation between the director of national intelligence and the House Intelligence Committee. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill. Nancy, what do we know about that whistleblower report? Well, the report, Michelle, appears to center in part around communications between President Trump and the president of Ukraine. And Mr. Trump's lawyer seemed to concede last night that he wanted Ukraine to look into one of Mr. Trump's top political rivals in exchange for military aid. If the president of the United States said to the president of Ukraine, investigate the corruption in your country that has a bearing on our 2016 election, isn't that what he's supposed to do? The president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, said Mr. Trump didn't do anything wrong in a phone call with the president of Ukraine. But Giuliani admitted that he did ask the Ukrainian government to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter, who worked for a Ukrainian gas company. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. Giuliani claims Biden himself tried to bribe the Ukrainian government to get his son out of legal trouble. But that claim is unsubstantiated. And even before this whistleblower's complaint came to light, Democrats had launched an investigation to determine whether the president and his allies set up a quid pro quo, demanding that Ukraine investigate a 2020 presidential rival in exchange for military aid. The president of the United States, whoever he is, has every right to tell the president of another country, Mm -hmm. you better straighten out the corruption in your country if you want me to give you a lot of money. The contents of that whistleblower complaint might shed some light on all this. But right now, the acting director of national intelligence is refusing to hand it over to Congress. Do you believe that the White House or the president himself are pressuring the acting director of national intelligence not to hand this information over to you? All all I do know is this. I I don't know um, whether the White House is directly involved because we can't get an answer to that question, but we do know that they are making some claim that a privilege may apply. Well, that narrows the category who may be intervening here. A former senior U.S. official told CBS News that the president has a lot of leeway in these conversations with foreign leaders and the things that he says to them. Uh, What we know right now is that the president himself is defending his actions and tweeting that he knows that a lot of people listen into those conversations and so he would never say anything inappropriate. Anthony? Nancy Cordes. Thank you, Nancy. That report came out uh, Friday, uh, September 20th. So... Let's kind of look into this for a minute. Why would we all of a sudden have a whistleblower report? Oh, okay, wait a minute. What we want to do, because we know this involves Joe Biden. You know what else we know about this thing with Joe Biden? We know that, well, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was paid as a board member of a Ukrainian oligarch-owned energy company, while his father was vice president. And he was paid, according to the New York Times, he was paid as much as $50,000 per month. Now, Joe Biden was heavily involved in mediating U.S. policy towards Ukraine at the time. And when a Ukrainian prosecutor launched a corruption investigation into the energy company Hunter Biden was a board member of, Joe Biden threatened to withhold about a billion dollars in U.S. loan guarantees to the country if the Ukrainian government did not fire the the prosecutor. This was reported in The Hill. John Solomon of The Hill reported that Biden's threat would have thrown the former Soviet 
Republican to insolvency at a time when Ukraine was fending off threats from Putin's Russia. Wow. So, Joe Biden was vice president. Somehow his son ends up on the board of an energy company in Ukraine while Joe Biden is mediating U.S. policy with Ukraine. And when a Ukrainian prosecutor looks into corruption into that company, Joe Biden tells them to fire the guy or he's not going to or he's going to make sure they don't get a billion dollars in loan guarantees. But this is Trump. And what I just read to you, this is not this is public information. What, what do I what do I have? a? Why do I have a whistleblower on this? Oh, that's right. Because if I can't find a way to twist this onto Trump, then Biden's exposed. And Biden is the only hope that Democrats believe they have in 2020 with regard to the president. Are you, are you, this <laughs> is so dishonest to mess these folks do. Yeah, it's ridiculously dishonest mess that these people uh, do. That same day that the CBS report came out, uh, CBS put out another report where Donald Trump, while sitting with the Prime Minister of Australia, responded to the whole idea that there is a whistleblower that anyone need to be concerned about. You want to address this whistleblower story? What story? Uh, the whistleblower. When was the whistleblower? It's a partisan whistleblower. Uh, I shouldn't even have information. Uh, I've had conversations with many leaders that are always appropriate. I think Scott can tell you that. Always appropriate. At the highest level, always appropriate. And anything I do, I fight for this country. I fight so strongly for this country. Uh, it's just another uh, political hack job. That's all it is. On that point, did you discuss Joe Biden, his son, or his family? Uh, it doesn't matter what I discuss, but I will say this. Somebody ought to look into Joe Biden's statement because it was disgraceful, where he talked about uh, billions of dollars that he's not giving to a certain country unless a certain prosecutor is taken off the case. So uh, somebody ought to look into that, and you wouldn't because he's a Democrat. And uh, the fake news doesn't look into things like that. It's a disgrace. But I had a, I had a great conversation with numerous people. I don't even know exactly who you're talking about. But I had a great conversation with numerous people, uh, or numerous leaders. And I always look for the uh, conversation that's going to help the United States the most. That's very important. I don't know the identity of the whistleblower. I just hear it's a partisan person, meaning it comes out from another party. Uh, but I don't have uh, any idea. But I can say that it was a totally appropriate conversation. It was actually a beautiful conversation. And this is no different than, you know, the press has had a very bad week with Justice Kavanaugh and all of those ridiculous charges and all of the mistakes made at the New York Times and other places. You've had a very bad week, and this will be better than all of them. This is another one. So keep, so keep, so keep playing it up because you're going to look really bad when it falls falls apart. Look, this is a smokescreen. The same people, the same media, the same alphabet soup of people who are telling you that Russia collusion was the reason, including with Trump, of course, was the reason that Donald Trump is president instead of Hillary, are the same people now pushing a story that tries to obfuscate the fact that Joe Biden threatened the Ukraine with the withholding of at least a billion dollars in loan guarantees if they didn't fire a prosecutor who was looking into the company, the corruption that was going on in the company that had his son on their board and was paying him up to $50,000 per month. 
and that hasn't been investigated. And he did this while he was the sitting vice president who was actively involved in U.S. policy toward the Ukraine. Don't you investigate my son's company. Don't you do it. Matter of fact, whoever's doing it, you better get rid of him. If you don't, that money you need to keep yourself from being manipulated by Vladimir Putin, you ain't getting it. But that's not being investigated. How do I get how do how do I make sure this does not become a Joe Biden story? Oh, I know. When Trump talks about it, because Trump will, because he should, we will find someone who will come out and say that they're a whistleblower saying Donald Trump's having inappropriate conversations and and uh, and he's doing things that are trying to pressure people. Donald Trump hasn't pressured anybody. Joe Biden did pressure somebody. How come we're not talking about that? That uh, I'm sorry. Why are we not talking about the pressure that Joe Biden put on people? Donald Trump made it very clear because he's a Democrat. And when is the last time that you heard the U.S. media be critical of a nationally known Democrat? When did you hear the media really take Hillary Clinton to task over her mishandling of classified material? Did you? Because, I I mean, I was watching. I, I didn't see it happen. When did you ever hear the media comment on Hillary Clinton's physical state September 11th of 2016 when she stiffened up like a board, had a piece of metal fall out of her pants and clank on the ground and they had to pick her up like a sack of potatoes and throw her in the back of an SUV because she couldn't move anymore. Had that been Trump? Oh my gosh. What happened when Drew Pinsky, who did have a show on Headline News, was reporting about those funny glasses that Hillary Clinton wore, said, you know what, when you look at that, that is an indication that she has brain damage. Oh, my gosh. And that dude's show went poof in no time after he came out and said publicly that Hillary Clinton had brain damage. Some of us already knew that. We didn't need the glasses to tell us that. Hillary Clinton is a flawed human being. Not a human being with flaws. She's a flawed human being. You didn't look into that. You didn't look into her state. You were all about Trump's mental state. He's un- and he's still a, he's unstable, he's unfit. But you didn't talk about somebody who had physical manifestations of brain damage. Didn't talk about that. You didn't talk about somebody who couldn't even who couldn't even walk from a memorial site to a car without stuff falling out of her pants that was obviously holding her together and then having to be picked up and thrown into the back of a SUV like a sack of potatoes. You didn't talk about that. Why not? Oh, because she's a national Democrat and we don't want... Let me make sure you get this straight. This has, and it never has had, this has nothing to do with Trump. This has everything to do with whether or not the Democrats and progressive Democrats in particular and the professional left in particular will continue to have undue and outsized influence on American policy, on the American economy, on the American military, on the American people. That's what this whole thing is about. 
And if you start shining the light on Democrats, the, here's the problem with shining the light on Democrats. You know how it is when you go into a into a dark room and you turn the light on and all the roaches start scurrying? The problem is if you turn the light on Democrats, there are so many roaches that they can't get out of their own way looking for a place to hide. So what you have to do is make sure the light doesn't come on. And that's what the press's job is, to make sure the light doesn't come on. Let's make sure we talk about Trump. And when we talk about Trump, let's imply that he's done something wrong. Now, since he can put privilege on any conversation he has with a foreign leader, and it's in his best interest not to compromise the content of conversations he has with foreign leaders or they don't want to talk to him anymore, then he really can't defend himself as vigorously as maybe he could, or at least you don't think so, but you really haven't figured out who Trump is yet if you believe that. As a matter of fact, on uh, Sunday, NBC ran this report as they tried to push the narrative that Donald Trump had done something wrong. President Trump added new detail about his July phone call with Ukraine's president. The conversation I had was largely congratulatory. Including for the first time how Joe Biden and his son Hunter played into that conversation. It was largely the fact that we don't want our people, like Vice President Biden and his son, creating to the, the corruption already in the Ukraine. The firestorm is whether the president crossed a line by engaging a foreign leader's help to investigate a political rival and whether pending U.S. military aid for Ukraine was a factor. There was no quid pro quo. I asked the president to explain why the Ukraine aid was delayed. And I didn't delay anything. We paid the military aid to the best of my knowledge. After this complaint was filed, Listen to me. I gave so much more to Ukraine than Obama did. But could not leader have the president appeared irritated, but three hours later at a stop in Houston, he readily responded. That was not pressure. I, I, I know when I give pressure. Democrats in Congress denied access to the secret whistleblower report, say the White House must cooperate and provide more about the Ukraine call. There is no privilege to engage in underhanded discussions. Regarding Joe Biden, no evidence of wrongdoing tied to his son's Ukraine business has been found. He pushed back this weekend. I'm calling the president to release the transcript of the, of the call. Today, the president said, maybe. But we'll uh, make a determination about uh, how to release it. And Kelly's with us now. Kelly, the president could meet with the Ukrainian leader face-to-face potentially this week. It's expected to be Wednesday, and tonight he will sleep at his Trump Tower apartment, Kate. He will have a series of meetings, of course, for the United Nations, where many leaders will be gathering. Regarding Iran, no meeting is scheduled, but the president said he remains flexible. Let's be clear about something. When you do journalism, the basics are who, what, when, where, why. Speculation is not part of it. Couldn't couldn't this leader have felt pressure? Wait a minute. Why didn't you ask, if you're going to ask that question, why didn't you ask Joe Biden when he made the statement that if you don't fire this prosecutor, I will hold up a billion dollars in loan guarantees. Why don't you ask him that question if he felt that anyone was being pressured by that statement? The thing is, you don't have to ask that question. The, the reporting itself of the facts is pretty clear. Do this or you won't get this. Donald Trump is basically saying, you know what? You got a corrupt country. You got a corrupt government. If you want me to give you military aid and everything else, clean it up. And if this stuff is still going on where Hunter Biden or anyone else can get in 
and get a sweetheart deal, that needs to be stopped. Well, you're going after political rival. No. And the truth of the matter is it, it, it wouldn't matter if he was. The only thing that matters, as he said, is he's fighting hard for this country. Having somebody influence U.S. foreign policy based on favors and advantages given to their family members as opposed to the interests of the American people, that's a level of corruption on top of any corruption that you might find in the Ukraine. Joe Biden is corrupt. Joe Biden is a pathological liar. He's a plagiarizer. He's a serial sexual assault abuser. And he's senile. And getting more senile by the day. Now, did he do something to help his family? Yeah. Was it corrupt what he did? Yeah. Should it be investigated? Oh, heck yes. Will it be investigated? Not by anyone in the U.S. media. Foreign media will tell you about it, but the U.S. media will hide it. Worse yet, they'll find a way, if possible, to put this on Trump so that they can at least let the facts out, but twist it so that you think this is an issue with somebody (laughs) who has nothing to do with the issue. The President of the United States can say to any country receiving foreign aid from receiving aid from the United States, we have conditions, and here they are. And as long as those conditions are in the benefit, uh, beneficial interest of the United States, who cares? What Joe Biden did in 2016 was wrong. If you believe in Russia um, meddling in the in the election, then threatening a country with basically putting them in the hands of Vladimir Putin to manipulate if they don't do what you say what is that we really have to um, get to the point where we understand what's going on here with US media everything that Democrats do is going to be spun in a way to make it a criticism of the current president we had more stuff coming out about Kavanaugh you know Kavanaugh's directly tried to Trump and they're saying these people you know look at all these all these uh, women coming out against Kavanaugh and they and the New York Times was caught holding back the fact that one of the accusers doesn't even doesn't even know who he is so you're going to accuse someone of, of sexual assault you don't know who the person is who sexually assaulted you really Really? And you kind of leave that out in your reporting, New York Times? Are you, I'm trying to get across to the American people some very basic things. There is corruption in the United States. It is in the permagov, what I call the permanent gov, unelected officials with long tenure in the U.S. government. There's a lot of corruption there. Trump has exposed a good bit of it. And you know the names. McCabe, Comey. Struck, Page. There are others. Those names that I gave you, the four that are most well known. There's corruption throughout the Democrat Party. Democrat Party has already made it clear that they're godless, that they don't care about the Constitution, they only care about certain constituents, and the American people aren't really one of them. 
And then there's the press, which is doing everything it can to advance the electoral agenda of the Democrat Party. If you're looking for corruption, that's where it is. That group and those that support it, which means you cannot leave out the U.S. education system. Nothing more corrupt than these people. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think we're going to talk about Illinois a little bit later and their pension system and how corrupt that is because you have to put unions and everything else in there. You just understand this. This whistleblower nonsense is exactly what the president says. It's a partisan hack job. There's no, there, there's no news there. At least not from the from the from the idea or the standpoint that he had in any inappropriate conversation that pressured anyone to do anything. The Ukrainian president is on record saying, "I didn't feel any pressure." Oh, well, he's lying. Okay, so everybody who agrees with Trump is lying, but everybody who agrees with the Democrats, even though there's no proof, because we still have people walking around knowing that there is Russian collusion. When you just had a, you just had the. The special counselor produced a you know a few hundred page report that went in detail to say there's no evidence of collusion between Russia and any U.S. citizen, any, which would include Donald Trump. My only hope, and I believe it is happening, is that the American people are becoming more and more aware, not that the press is corrupt. But that the best way to deal with the press is simply take whatever you tell, whatever they tell you, and believe the opposite. Because they're lying. This is no different. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, we'll be back right after this. Having an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart. You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices. MyPatriotSupply.com. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800 709 43 800-709-4395-800-709-4395-800-709-4395. The Bells of Liberty. Three sassy conservatarian ladies talking politics. We know that all you want to do is take guns away from people. Don't be don't be dishonest. Pop culture. Valkyrie, she's yes. got a flying horse. She doesn't need Karen and the Karenettes, okay? And everything in between. So basically, it's just people, schmucks like us sitting around a room like, you know what we could do? We can basically put up sunglasses around the earth. <laughs> and that will stop climate change. Join Rocky, Gina, and me Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for the all that's what she said. All right, ladies, let's wrap this up. I got to go work in the morning. Okay, we got to do it again because Sammy cut out. What the? <laughs> <laughs> you-
you get great service and you do some good in the world with Patriot Mobile. Sign up for a Patriot Mobile account today. Start saving money, get great coverage, and do a little bit of good because they support companies, organizations, and candidates that you like. It's PatriotMobile.com slash doc. PatriotMobile.com slash doc. Black Man Thinking, continuing here with Hour One. And let's stay with the idea of what's going on in the let's embarrass Donald Trump foreign power version. So we talked in the last segment about the Ukraine and the idea that Donald Trump having a conversation where he tells the Ukrainian president that you know what, we don't want to give military aid to a country that we know is corrupt. You need to address that. And all of a sudden, that is something where we have a whistleblower coming out and indicating that Donald Trump said something inappropriate and he's pressuring people and he's making conditions for foreign aid. I'm sorry, foreign aid is conditional money. But I digress. I want to make sure that we're clear about um, something else here, which is we have a situation going on with um, Iran and Saudi Arabia is involved. And for those who don't understand that, because they're too busy looking at other things that don't really matter, here's something that actually does. And there's a historical context on this, and this actually kind of ties in also with the Democrat primary contest as or the nomination contest as a bunch of people in a clown car are trying to outleft each other, and the ones who can't outleft each other, uh, who can't get far enough left, they fall away, and the other ones who are left become more and more shrill and ridiculous. But that's where the nomination for the Democrat Party is going to go. It's going to go to somebody who is shrill, um, far left, and ridiculous. Or in the case of Joe Biden, someone senile, but that's another story. Um, I played for you a part in the last, in the last uh, segment of, I played a portion of an interview that Lindsey Graham gave on Sunday the 22nd to uh, Maria Bartiromo on Fox News where he was talking about the Ukraine but he also he also talked about Iran and Saudi Arabia now, by, by the way, before you go, Iran, you and the president had a back and forth. You were on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he said, no, this is what, what, what the way we reacted was showed strength. Yeah. So let me let me talk about that. When the president decided not to attack based on Iran shooting our drone down, I actually supported that because he believed that if I hit a radar site and kill 150 Iranians, it's going to put the eye toe in a spot where he has to react. And we're talking about a drone, an unmanned drone. I thought that was a level of restraint that I respected. 
The problem is the Iranians took it differently. I think President Trump's been strong on China, strong on ISIS, strong on North Korea, strong on Iran. But the Iranians are acting out in a very dangerous way. By attacking the Saudi Arabian oil field, they, they have attacked the world economy. It is in our national security interest to protect Mideast energy supplies, even though we're less dependent. It is in our national security interest to protect the navigation of the seas. And this is a rogue regime. These people have a religious mission that's going to throw the Mideast into uproar and open up Pandora's box if we don't act. So clearly the restraint shown regarding the drone did not deter. Mm -hmm. Deterrence has been lost. What would restore? deterrence due to Iran now what Reagan did to them in the 80s when they acted up you will restore deterrence mr. president they will not get in an all-out war with the United States because that will be the end of their regime so now's the time to send a signal to Iran that's unmistakable mm. and reset the world before it's too late all right we're gonna have to hear some conclusion of this fairly soon president has to make a decision soon well it's, it's Reagan waited a couple of weeks it's, and building a coalition yeah. is a good thing taking yeah. the case to the UN is a good thing making sure everybody knows it was the Iranians but when this is said and done, they can't be confused about who you are and who we are, Mr. President. All right, Senator, it's good to have you. Thank, Thank you so much. You may not recall, because the news cycle goes hot and heavy when the left is spinning things out of control the way they do, but um, back in May, the Iranians attacked Saudi oil tankers, and um, they've also they've also done some other attacks since then. And it is fairly well known and concluded that those attacks were done by the Iranians. So I want to make sure we understand that before we go into more about what Trump is doing, um, and also the rather odd response from one of the um, hopeless also-rans uh, who, who, who is vying for the uh, party, that party's nomination. So back in May of this year, we had an incident where ships were attacked. And of all people, an insurance company came up with the damning evidence against Iran. Iran suspected to have carried out attack against Saudi Arabia. A report by a Norwegian insurance company states it is highly likely that Iran's elite revolutionary guards orchestrated a drone attack on Saudi tankers in the Persian Gulf. Reuters reports that four tankers, including two Saudi ships, one UAE vessel and one Norwegian tanker were attacked in the United Arab Emirates on May 13th. According to an insurance report by the Norwegian shipowners Mutual War Risks Insurance Association, the attacks against the tankers may have been carried out by a nearby vessel. The ship is thought to have released underwater drones carrying around 30 to 50 kilograms of high-grade explosives to detonate on impact. In the report, the insurance company detailed the factors that led them to believe the attacks were organized by Iran's elite revolutionary guards, or IRGC. They claim there is a similarity in the shrapnel found on the Norwegian tanker to shrill and Houthi drone boats. The IRGC has also previously supplied the Houthi militia with drone boats equipped with explosives and GPS systems for improved accuracy during strikes. The report states that the attacks occurred around 6 to 10 nautical miles off Rajaira, close to the Strait of Hormuz. Iran has previously threatened to stop all exports passing through the strait. Roughly a fifth of the world's oil travels through Hormuz. So, 
We have a lot of circumstantial evidence, and that's pretty much all you're going to get. You have to make a decision that Iran attacked Saudi oil uh, tankers, and they've also attacked um, oil platforms, from what I understand. And also in June, the very next month, we had this happen. Go ahead. Question. With that, reporters pelted President Trump with the question of the day. Will the U.S. retaliate against Iran? Iran made a big mistake. Uh, this drone was in international waters. But Iran claims the drone was in its airspace and released this video of the rocket that it says shot it down. The commander of Iran's Revolutionary Guard said downing the drone tells the U.S. Iran's enemies will be destroyed. But despite the video and that fiery rhetoric, the president seemed not to take the bait. I find it hard to believe it was intentional. It could have been somebody who was uh, loose and stupid that did it. It's a clear signal Trump doesn't want a war, says this analyst. He's aware of the slippery slope to war. I think he's shown signs of wanting to avoid it. He's been begging for the Iranians to come back to the negotiating table. So, uh, Talks, though, may not satisfy uh, hawkish not Republicans. We're not going to let them disrupt navigation of the seas, attack our allies and U.S. interests without paying a price. So if they're itching for a fight, they're going to get one. But Democrats are urging caution. How we go forward from here has to be strategic and smart. The drone dispute comes after the U.S. accused Iran of attacking oil tankers. The U.S. also ordered an additional 1,000 troops to the Middle East earlier this week. Iran, meanwhile, says it will ignore the enriched uranium stockpile limit set in the 2015 nuclear pact, the deal the U.S. pulled out of last year. Before hosting a briefing for congressional leaders this afternoon, President Trump was asked what, if any, action the U.S. would take. He simply said, you'll find out. Ellen Morrow, CBC News, Washington. So we have, not only did Iran go after Saudi Arabia, they actually took out one of our drones. And you'll notice that goes back to the first clip where you have Lindsey Graham saying he thought the response of the president not to not to retaliate by taking out um, some asset of Iran's that might have resulted in the death of individuals because they shot down an unmanned drone was the right response. The problem is you got to understand who you're dealing with. You're dealing with Arab Muslims, Persian Muslims, particularly uh, in, in this case, and they're radical. And they have a mission to destroy the United States and Israel. Any sign of weakness. Because remember, they're not in a position of strength now, and they're attacking. If you do not respond appropriately, they're simply going to ratchet up the attacks. They will keep coming until you smack them down. We've been through this before. We went through this in 1987 and 1988 when the same people, this is the interesting thing about the uh, international um, foreign policy dynamics that I see. If you're talking about what's going on with Iran, you're looking at the same players that you had three decades ago. The Ayatollahs are pretty much the same folks. It's the same ideology the same players, 
the same modus operandi. They've changed nothing. We, on the other hand, have gotten soft for the most part, at least up until um, January 2017. We were, we were we just kept getting softer and softer and softer. Ronald Reagan, back in 1988, in response to the attacks in 1987, he he bloodied the Iranian nose. He hit him, and they stopped. He waited a little while, but he responded to force with force, and Iran. As uh, Senator Graham correctly pointed out, they're not coming after us. We have people in the United States who fear a war with Iran as though it's going to be a problem for anyone other than Iran. We don't need to put people on the ground in Iran. You don't. What you need to do is destabilize that government by whatever means you choose to the point that the people of Iran are now forced to govern themselves because you've crippled the mullahs. Of course, we haven't, <clears throat> haven't quite done that. But let's get this straight. In response to us getting out of that ridiculous treaty, because that treaty put them on a path to nuclear weapons that the world pretty much said they could have within a decade. They would have had nuclear weapons and they and, and they would have done so in a way where no one could reasonably say that, well, they, they, they acted in they acted against international policies. No, you signed it you idiots signed this thing that said we could do this in ten years. And ten years later now we got a couple of bombs. We have one for the United States, we have one for Israel, or maybe we have several for both. By getting out of that treaty, you have now forced their hand. They can't do what they want to do, but they can do what they've done before. And now they are attacking oil moving through the Straits of Hormuz. They've done this before. They did this in 1987. And Ronald Reagan pimp-slapped him in 1988 for it, and it stopped. Donald Trump is now looking at the same activity from the same country in the same area again 30 years later. And he's trying to have a measured response because he doesn't want war. Ronald Reagan didn't want a war either. He didn't end up with one. He just knew how to deal with people who only understand force. Iran understands force. So he hit them. Now, the interesting thing is, in doing that, he incurred the wrath. Um, well, Ronald Reagan didn't. Uh, Donald Trump, in now seeking to partner with Saudi Arabia in responding to Iran, he has incurred the wrath of the also-ran known as Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii, very very attractive woman, dumb as the day is long. Now she'll tell you why, you know, I'm a soldier. I'm a, I said, you know what, but you're an idiot. Here's what she has to say about Trump potentially working with Saudi Arabia to deal with Iran.
Yesterday, President Trump offered to place our military, my brothers and sisters in uniform, under the command of Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the dictator of the Islamist Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Trump said we are locked and loaded, but are waiting to hear from the kingdom as to who they believe was the cause of this attack and under what terms we would proceed. Now, Mr. President, as you know, I have engaged in hateful rhetoric against you or your family, and I never will. But you're offering our military assets to the dictator of Saudi Arabia to use as he sees fit is a betrayal of my brothers and sisters in uniform who are ready to give our lives for our country, not for the Islamist dictator of Saudi Arabia. And for you to think that you can pimp out our proud servicemen and women to the prince of Saudi Arabia is disgraceful. And it once again shows that you are unfit to serve as our commander-in-chief. As a member of Congress and as a soldier, I and all of my brothers and sisters in uniform have taken an oath to protect and defend the American people and the Constitution of the United States of America. There is nothing in our Constitution that gives you the power to go to war without the express consent of Congress. What to speak of giving you the power to offer our military to a foreign power like the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to use as they wish. President Trump, your words and actions are a betrayal of my brothers and sisters in uniform, the American people, and our Constitution. My fellow service members and I, we are not your prostitutes. You are not our pimp. This little beautiful idiot, first of all, doesn't understand her oath. No one in the military takes an oath to defend the American people. That's not what the oath is about. You take an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, Trump's a domestic enemy. You don't even know what a domestic enemy is if you think Trump is a domestic enemy of the Constitution. The second thing, he didn't offer to put U.S. troops under anyone's command. He said, we're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. But we want to take, we we want the lead on this to be taken intent-wise by Saudi Arabia. Because if Saudi Arabia is going to say, well, you know, we're not ready to agree or to go along with the notion that Iran is responsible for the attacks, okay, well then, we're not going after them. If you believe that they are, then the question will be, how do you want to proceed? That's not the same as giving troops to Saudi Arabia. She's a bald-faced liar who has a failing presidential campaign. She had no business running. And trying to base this on some idea of being a patriotic soldier, she doesn't even know what her oath is about. It's ridiculous. Now, I... I look at this, and for me, that's a parlay because now you've gone from international politics to presidential politics with someone who's got about as much chance of getting the Democrat nomination for president as I do. And I would up with this. I'm I'm like uh, my biggest General Sherman said it. Uh, If it came down to 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 being the Democrat nominee for president. I'd, I'd say the same thing he did. If nominated, I will not serve. If you know, if nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. 
there's no way that you would get me to carry the Democrat banner in any way, shape, or form. They're anti-American. They're racist. They are... They're godless. Why would I want anything to do with that? And the fact that so many people are still willing to identify with that party really tells you that you have real domestic enemies to the Constitution here, but you keep trying to call them American citizens. They're citizens in name only. But recently, I believe it was uh, the 13th of September, there was a Democrat debate. And if you think Tulsi Gabbard's statement about the military was ridiculous, and it was, but at least she put it together in such a way that until she started talking about pimps and prostitutes, I wonder why she seems to know so much about that. I digress. Until she started talking that nonsense, yeah, you might have been able to make a say, say that she was making a reasonable case, even, even if it were wrong. But listen to this that came out of Joe Biden on the on the uh, 13th of September during the Democrat debate regarding how to address the situation with education and poor households. What responsibility do you think that Americans need to take to repair the legacy of slavery in our country? Well, they have to deal with the, the, look, there is institutional segregation in this country. And from the time I got involved, I started dealing with that, redlining, banks, making sure that we're in a position where, look, we talk about education. I propose that what we take is those very poor schools, the Title I schools, triple the amount of money we spend from 15 to 45 billion a year, give every single teacher a raise to the equal raise of getting out of the, the $60,000 level. Number two, make sure that we bring in to help the, the, student, the, the teachers deal with the problems that come from home. The problems that come from home, we need, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America today. It's crazy. The teachers are, and I married her teacher. My deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. We have to make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three, four, and five-year-olds go to school. School, not daycare. School. We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time they get there. There's Thank so you, much. We, no, I'm, I'm going to go like the rest of them do, twice over, okay? Because, because here, here's the deal. The deal is that we've got this a little backwards. And by the way, in Venezuela, we should be allowing people to come here from Venezuela. I know Maduro. I've confronted Maduro. Number two, you talk about the need to do something in Latin America. I'm the guy that came up with $740 million to see to it those three countries, in fact, change their system so people don't have a chance to leave. You're all acting like we just discovered this yesterday. Thank, thank you, thank Mr. You Vice much. President. Secretary Castro. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, that's, that's quite a lot. Uh... Yeah, it's quite a lot. So let me get this straight. We, we're underpaying teachers, even though teachers in the United States are paid a higher rate than just about every other country's teachers in the world. But he wants to raise salaries even more, which is since schools are run by governments, that's more tax money. I don't know. Where is that coming from? I wonder. Um, 
we need social workers to raise kids in the homes, and we need to we need to do. Um, Who's that girl who did that? Did that did that uh, that record? No girl, put your records on. Tell me your favorite song. So now he wants to pull out phonographs, and then he's talking about um, South America, and he's talking about seven hundred and forty million dollars that he found. And what was the other thing he said? Well, you know, he he wants to he wants to bring seven hundred and twenty million women back into the workforce. Where I'm sorry, there's not that many people in the United States, let alone women. So I don't know where you're going to get seven hundred twenty million women to put back. Let me break this down for you. The Democrats are simply lying, spinning, spitting, just saying anything trying to get an emotional reaction why else would you use terms like pimps and prostitutes why else would you start talking about well there's institutional racism and there's redline where's redlining going on where's institutional racism going on where is that now well you can't say it didn't happen I said I, you know what I'm not saying it didn't happen but I don't live during the time when it happened or when it's happening. I'm not in that time anymore. Why are you still talking about it? You want to solve a problem that's already that's already solved. We're not singing we shall overcome anymore. There's a reason for that because we already did. So why are you trying to take us back there, Mr. Biden? Take us back to the days of phonographs. And then you want to have children raised by the state. This is your solution? And pay the, and pay state workers more money. God, this is crazy what they're talking about. This is absolutely crazy. And this is what they want to put on you, and this is what they want to put on your children. They don't understand. They don't understand the way the world works. They think that they can get you to go along with things that you should not and there's unfortunately quite a few who might go along with them and at the end of the day they don't even trust you to raise your children if you don't have the amount of money they believe you should have there's your Democrats now if you're good with that then you vote for whichever idiot, there's only one of three idiots who's likely to get the nomination. It's either Biden, Sanders, or Elizabeth Warren. You vote for them in November of next year and throw the country away. Otherwise, you simply avoid them like the plague. And with that, I'm going to turn this over to my good friend, Ron Edwards. After that, we'll be back with Hour 2 of Black Man Thinking. Could a recent federal judge decision bring Obama-era State Department dirt in the dark to the light of day? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Thanks to federal judge Royce Lambert, who's sickened by the State Department's willingness to tell a bunch of lies and cover up for Mrs. Clinton's illegal actions, the judge granted additional discovery to Judicial Watch in the Hillary Clinton email cover-up scandal. Judicial Watch has released the transcript from their hearing on August 22, 2019, where U.S. District Judge Royce Lambert granted significant new discovery to Judicial Watch on the Clinton email issue. 
Judicial Watch versus U.S. Department of State also Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committees released documents revealing that Clinton, IT aide Paul Combetta, copied all but four of the missing emails to a Gmail account that does not appear to have ever been reconstructed and searched. Judge Lambert also criticized the State Department's handling of the production of Clinton's emails, in this case stating, quote, there is no Freedom of Information Act exemption for political expedience, nor is there one for bureaucratic incompetence. Could true justice be next? I'm Ron Edwards. And we will meet soon on yet another page from the Edwards Network. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.